to hear so I don't get fined. My name is Thomas. Is David. Across from me is David. Is Thomas. Uh, we're back with another episode. It's going to be a good one. Is it? It's going to be a fun one. Are you sure? We're going to start off with me guessing the player. Uh, guessing the, the team. team with the Wikipedia game. Yep. Uh, because, I'm going to stump you. And I'm going to guess it correctly because I'm in Thomas's head. Uh, then we're going to talk about a little bit of head coach rankings. Me and Thomas earlier were like talking about someone. I was like, yeah, bro. He's like the third best coach in the NFL right now. And he was like, who would you put above him? And I was like, oh, these guys. And it started like an argument. It, yeah, like, it was, it was, it got pretty heated. Let's pretty quick. save this for the pot. And I was like, you're absolutely right. So we each have our top 10 coaches. We're not going to go in depth about all 10 body stretch of the imagination that would take forever. But uh, we got our top 10 coaches. We'll probably end up debating the top few, but that's going to be a fun conversation. Excited to hear what you guys have uh, in the, in the comments of our lives. I was about to say, we don't really have a yeah. comment section. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Um, I should say this. This is not. We're not talking about like the ten greatest coaches of all time. We're talking about like right now of the last few years. Like who right now are the best coaches in NFL? Not like just this season, but also not like of all time. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right now, coaching. What have they done the last couple years? But we'll get. There's we'll not going to be a John Madden, Vince yeah. Lombardi on this yeah. list. Yeah, we'll get into that. I don't think John Madden can be considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. Simply because of how little he coached, he only coached for like ten years. That's 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 fair. He is a, uh, I believe he's in the Hall of Fame as a coach and a uh, influencer. I don't know, uh, an announcer for sure. But so. he only coached like I, he was a great coach when he coached, but really his record wasn't that far above five hundred, and he only coached for like ten years. So you know, I was I was just saying, an, yeah, a no, as an example. I know. I just wanted to throw that out there. Got to piss somebody off every pod, right? I, 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 um. <laughs> you make that your goal, it seems. But anyway, after that, we're going to talk about uh, four games from the NFL this weekend that uh, were either surprising or just really, really good games. Uh, and then we're going to do our fantasy trends. Me and Thomas have three trending up and three trending down, uh, and we'll uh, get into that. So yeah, you know the you know the deal. Yeah. So let's get started. So let me just say, David, yeah. if you don't get this team right, I'm going to be very surprised. I mean. Let don't be. Let's be honest. I'm pretty dumb. We know this. We've established this. I didn't know the the Raiders one, which apparently everyone who listened to that pod was like, David, you're dumb. So, are you ready? I'm very ready. Okay. Hint number one. This team was one of the original eight AFL teams when the AFL was started. Interessante. Okay. Okay. That takes away a lot of teams. It does. Uh, there's also a few that are up in the mix that I don't know. That yeah. I, let me tell you this. I can't name the give, original eight. Give me the New York Football Giants. Uh, that is a good guess, but it is a wrong guess. I figured they they probably weren't in the AFL, were they? <clears throat> anyway, I anyway. couldn't tell you. Okay, so this is another AFL hint. Okay. This team won the first two. AFL championships and lost the third in double overtime to the Dallas Texans before posting four consecutive losing seasons. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay. Here's a question. Here's an answer. When we talk about like 
Super Bowls. Right. Was that only NFL? Yep. So the AFL never won. So the Super Bowl era is post the AFL-NFL merger. Okay. 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 Um, Give me the... Uh, bro, I have no idea. Um, give me the no, no, no. Give me the Baltimore Colts. Oh, okay. So that would be the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Okay, but that's not a bad guess. Yeah. That's a better guess than the first one. So I'm good at this. Okay, uh, when the AFL NFL merger happened. This team only won two total games in the first two seasons in the NFL. Yikes. This is not... These aren't great hints. Don't worry. The last two two are easy. Um, So a team that 60 years ago was really, really bad at football. Not quite 60, but you get it. Well, I was about to say 60 years ago, they were winning ships in the AFL because that was when the AFL started. Was it 1960, I believe? Well, uh, that's like not 60 years ago. That's 62, 62 years, years ago. ago. So. Big difference. 62 um, or 60 years ago, they lost the third consecutive AFL championship they appeared in in double OT. Happy. Let me go with the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know how long they've been around. They were in L.A., then they were in San Diego, then they were in L.A. I don't know. I don't think they've been around that long, and that is incorrect. Okay, so uh, let me tell you, I need to think a second, just a second, because I think with both of these hints, you will for sure get it, but I think one might send it over, so I don't want to, I want to give you that one last. Okay, okay. So, okay. Uh... In this team's first playoff game in their current home, they returned a kickoff for a game-winning the touchdown. Chicago Bears. No, game-winning touchdown? Game-winning touchdown with 16 seconds left. <clears throat> in their first ever game? Their first playoff game in their, in their current, current city. Okay. They returned a kickoff. With 16 seconds left 16 to win seconds the game. Left. I'm not going to ask you what year it was because you won't tell me because that would give it away. It would give it away. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of people who have recently moved. It's definitely not the Chargers. I already guessed that. It's definitely not the Raiders. Cause there, there's been there's been a fair amount of movement. A playoff game, yeah. Especially, like, uh, there's been teams that have moved that you might not realize that they moved. I don't think the New Orleans Saints were around that long ago. And even if they were, I doubt they would have been in the AFL. Uh, and they moved like almost 20 years ago now when, you know, Katrina messed some stuff up. So I'm not going to guess them. Uh, New England hasn't moved in 117 years. Or have they? I don't know. Not super recently, though. They've been in Foxborough for a minute. And that's definitely not the Bears or the Packers, because they've been there forever. Um, I already guessed the Colts. Man, I have no idea. No idea. 
you can pass if you want because this no, next not, 10. I want to guess a team. Okay. I want to guess okay. a team. Okay. Uh, just teams that have run a kickback to win a game in the playoffs recently. I, I mean, just give me a, 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 a playoff team. Give me the Ravens. No. Two Baltimore guesses, though. Interesting. Wow. Okay, your last hint. Uh, after a frustrating run of events in the 90s, this team lobbied to their current city to build a new stadium, and the city said no. This resulted in this team playing in three different cities in three consecutive years. How in the heck do you think I would guess that? Like, why is that the dead giveaway? I, I thought that the combination of this hint and the prior hit would seal the deal. Why? I, well, I guess you'll... It's definitely not like... What? How? What? What makes you think I have immense knowledge of where people play football? Okay, okay, okay. I'll give you a bonus hint. Bonus hint. I just like you talk about this I'll like I'm you, dumb if I don't I, get this. Most people I didn't don't say, know the I didn't history say, of I didn't stadiums. Say, I didn't say you were dumb. I said what the heck? I think you made it out to be like this I was going to be the easiest guess in the I world. Think you, I thought you would get it. Honestly, oh I thought you would get it. Gosh. Um, here's here's a bonus hint, bonus hint for you. This team got arguably their greatest quarterback in franchise history. They signed him away from the CFL. Again, not a good hint. But the only CFL team I can think of would be the Rams, or the CFL quarterback to come in and be the greatest quarterback of a franchise would be Kurt Warner. He came from the Arena Football League. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. P.J. Walker is probably the best quarterback in Panthers history. So uh, give me, uh, give me the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that would be incorrect. Yeah. So I know. Uh, I'm going to tell you the three cities. Okay. Uh, it was Houston to Memphis to Nashville. Okay, your hint was misleading. What do you mean? Your hint was so misleading. What do you mean? They played in three cons- three different cities in three consecutive seasons. But you, you implied that it was because they refused, like they couldn't get something done about their stadium. Well, that's why the Oilers left Houston. For Yeah, but one year they spent in Memphis after leaving Houston because yeah. the thing was being built. There was no conflict. The last two years there was no conflict. I'm just saying that they called three different cities home yeah, but you in three consecutive that, like, years. You implied that the conflict is why they spent three different years in three different cities. It's the Titans. I know that now. I know. Like, I, was, I, was, I, I just read the hint. That's a terrible... That's a terrible hint. I'm it's, just, it's I, poorly implied. I thought that the Music City Miracle might... Obviously, I couldn't say Music City Miracle because, like, duh, you know? But I thought, I thought the combination of moving in the 90s first uh, playoff I definitely game, I had Oilers on the brain for a while, but I didn't think the Oilers were that old. I didn't realize they were that old either. Because like, one of my first guesses was, was the Oilers. 
Uh, and that quarterback that I was referring to was Warren Moon. Definitely not the best quarterback in franchise history. I said arguably. I mean, it's not, though. I mean, potato, potato. I mean, it's not. Steve McNair is the best quarterback in franchise history for the Titans, and it's not close. Is it? Look at him statistically compared to Warren Moon, dude. You know what? Not we'll, close. We'll revisit this. Warren Moon ever win an MVP? I, I actually think he did. Oh. All right, well, whatever. Wait, did McNair win MVP? Him and Peyton were co-MVPs in 2006. Oh, get off of it. Co-MVPs, my rear. It's still an MVP. Okay, if three three people are co-MVPs, does that not... That would never happen. But you would think it would never happen that two people are co-MVPs. That's happened multiple times in the NFL. Well, that's silly. I I mean, two people had incredible, great, fantastic seasons. Let me ask you this. How is it possible? Okay, but when we talk about Peyton Manning, we say he has five MVPs. No one questions the co-MVPs. So why are you questioning it with Stephen Nair? Uh, because how can you have two most valuable players? It's it's an oxymoron. I imagine in the voting they tied or something. Well, there there'd have to be a. It's not most valuable players. It's most valuable player. How can you have two? Well, okay. Be the most by that logic, player. by that logic, how do you have a most valuable player and an offensive player of the year? Especially if your most valuable player is like a quarterback. How are how are they not? Also, the offensive player of the year every year. Oh, I agree. Why are only quarterbacks considered for MVPs nowadays? Because quarterbacks are the only position on the field in which you cannot win without. I mean, Rex Grossman made a Super Bowl. And Rex Grossman played well in that year going to that Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's not the reason that they made the Super Bowl. I agree, but if they had, like... Some like if Nathan Peterman was the quarterback of that team, I don't care how well the rest of the team played. I mean, Joe Flacco won the Super Super Bowl, Bowl. and Joe Flacco had the best season of his career that year. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger's a top ten quarterback of all time. Yeah, but he was exceptionally bad in that Super Bowl against Seattle. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm just saying you can win a Super Bowl without dominating play from your quarterback. I no, I didn't say dominating play from your quarterback. You can win a Super Bowl. I said Bowl you without. cannot win a Super Bowl without a good quarterback. I'm just saying. Name one time a team has ever won a Super Bowl without good quarterback play. Not oh, necessarily okay. in that's, the Super Bowl. Not necessarily that, in the Super Bowl. The season leading up to it, the playoffs. Well, that's that's not fair because two thirds of the you last can't. hold on. That's not fair because two thirds of the last thirty Super Bowls have been won by Tom Brady. Okay. I don't I'm just saying, like that. We we have seen an unprecedented run. There's I'm just not, saying, even not as, e- when you see teams in the Super Bowls with not great quarterbacks, those quarterbacks had great years. I mean, they could have won with Joe Flacco coaches. had a great year. Colin Kaepernick had a great year. Ben Roethlisberger, Colin Kaepernick great year. Didn't win a Super Bowl. No, you went to a Super Bowl. Though. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Stafford had a great year. Joe Burrow had a great year. When you look at these guys that take their teams to Super Bowls, even Jimmy G. Jimmy G had Jared a good, really good year. J- Look at Jared Goff's stats. Know, we we call Jared Goff a lot worse than he is. Look at Jared Goff's stats. I'm just I'm, th- I'm trying to throw out names here. He was man. an MVP. I feel candidate like I'm on the clock. Year. I can't. So he was like, an MVP. Candidate let me tell you. Let me tell you what my brain's doing. Yeah. My brain's like, okay, name quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes doesn't just have Hold to on. be one. It can be been to. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. 
I'm just I'm telling you what what happens to my brain when I'm put on the clock. Okay. All right. I so like okay. Brain list quarterbacks who have been to a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes. Okay, brain. That's a good one, but he's pretty good at football, so we can't use him. Okay. Uh, Joe Flacco. We already went there. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady. Okay. Patrick Mahomes. Already. We already went over <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Uh, what about Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Like, that's what happens in my brain. It just spams the, like, least right answer possible. Yeah, no, fair enough. No, my argument is this. You cannot, in my opinion, go to a Super Bowl without minimum good quarterback play. You can go to the Super Bowl without a running back. We saw the Patriots do it multiple times. Wow. You can go to the Super Bowl without a top 20 defense. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs do it. You can go to the Super Bowl without great special teams. We saw the Indianapolis Colts do it when they got blown out by the, uh, not blown out, but when they lost to the Saints. You can go to a Super Bowl without good XYZ. I'm just saying. You cannot go to the Super Bowl without a good quarterback. This whole situation is going back to the point or that you can't Without good quarterback have... play. Rex Grossman wasn't a good quarterback, but that year he had a good year. This is all going back to the fact that you can't have multiple MVPs in one year. Yeah, I don't know how we got. <laughs> I don't know how we got on this. I'm just like I'm just saying, like it's it doesn't make. Now I would I would be cool with it if there was an offensive MVP and defensive MVP, but then that kind of makes the offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year yeah. irrelevant. I don't know. I, I I think it's just like, I mean, they tied in the voting. They both had incredible seasons. It's not. Like, they both tied. They both played. Like, every year there's a quarterback who plays MVP level. You know what we're going to do? Yeah. Thursday's episode, we're going to dive into who was the real MVP that season. I mean, yeah, let's not. Why not? Because it wasn't Peyton. <laughs> I think I think we should dive into let's it. Let's not. That, you heard it here first, guys. Tune in for Thursday to see who actually was the MVP I'm that year. I'm pretty sure he threw like 27 picks that year. Not yeah, 27. Yeah, okay. But I lot. guarantee you that Steve McNair didn't even sniff the amount of touchdowns that Peyton had. Ah, dude, you underwrite Steve McNair. Steve McNair was good for a hot minute. In Steve the McNair was good for four years. Um, Steve McNair? Steve McNair was good. Dante Culpepper was better for longer Listen, than Steve McNair I don't was. know. I don't like where this podcast is going. Because I'm sitting here defending a Tennessee Titan, and you guys will see here in just a little bit, I'm going to die on a hill for a Tennessee Titan. And are I don't really, like that. Are you secretly a Titans fan, David? When they... I mean, evidently not, because you couldn't guess the Titans in the game. But When you know. we are not... at Like, when the division race is over, yes, I am a Titans fan. Oh. If we are actively competing for the division, I wish nothing but failure for the Tennessee Titans. But when the division race is over, either we've won, they've won, whatever, I will root for the Titans unless they're playing the Colts. So what you're saying is you're not a real Colts fan. I'm a diehard Colts fan. Because I'm a diehard Steelers fan, but you will never, ever. I have heard you prop up Lamar Jackson like he is a god amongst men. I don't want to hear it. Listen, listen, listen. I can sit back and acknowledge We're about to talk about how good you think of Jim Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. I... Can sit back and acknowledge how great someone is while also rooting for them to lose. You were rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl against the Rams last year. That's because that's the only chance. Are you, are you, gonna, you will are, never hear me. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? 
You're going to let me finish? That's the only chance the Bengals will ever have at bringing home a Lombardi trophy. Is Obviously, that why they've won eight out of the last nine? Okay, they're not going to win the Super Bowl oh. this year. How do you know? Because they got to beat either the Bills or the Chiefs in the playoffs to make that happen. And that's, and that's not exactly happening. what we said last year yeah. when they beat the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, they made an improbable run. Their, their, their glass slipper shattered in the Super Bowl. It ain't happening again. I mean, we'll see. I don't, what, for what, the record, I don't think I was about the to say. I was about to say, what is it I you always say about Cinderella The teams? Bengals are going. I'm just saying, you said you will never, I'm a diehard Steelers fan, you'll never hear me root for another NFC North team. AFC North. And AFC North team. And you were actively rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals. I, okay, yeah. No, that you got me there. I was yeah. rooting for the Bengals, and I did root for the Ravens against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. But that's because if the 49ers won, they would have been tied with the Steelers for the most Super Bowls in the league. Look, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a diehard Colts fan because I fell in love with them when I was a kid. I was told to root for the underdog. It's when they were bad. I fell in love with the Colts. I fell in love with football while watching the Colts. I'm a diehard Colts fan. Always will be. But I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. I, I like this team. This this state has had zero success on the professional level in its history in the history of professional sports. The Preds made the super or the Stanley Cup, once. and the Titans made the Super Bowl once. Guess what? They didn't win. I mean, they came. Arguably just as close. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. This this town... The Vols won the national championship in 98. This town has never had City. a professional parade. And it deserves one. This town has loyal fans. I was going to say good fans, but they drive me insane. I was about to say... This Tennessee town has loyal fans. Not ideal. This town deserves at least a little bit of success. I hope and pray that it comes from the... Uh, Preds, and that if a Titan or an AFC South team is going to win, that it's going to be the Colts. But what I'm saying is, I can root for the Titans and still be a Colts fan. Listen, as much as I would love to keep jabbing at you, we got to move on. We do have this was a very long yeah, tangent. Um, it was. Coaches, I'm going to give you my 10 through 6. All right. Then you give me your 10 through 6, and right. then we'll talk about 5 through 1. All Sound right. good? Let's do it. Okay. So, 10 to 6, I got Kyle Shanahan at 10. Interesting. Nick Sirianni. At 9. At 9. Interesting. John Harbaugh. At 8. At 8, yep. Interesting. Sean McDermott. At 6? At 7? At, at and, at Mi- and, and Mike Vrabel. You have Sean McDermott at 7? Yeah. Oh, bro, your top 5 is going to kill me. What? I, All right. At 10, I have Kevin O'Connell. Okay, don't hate it. At 9, I have Mike McDaniel. Mm. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I I have... I have. We're not going to get into all these coaches, but I will say, Mike McDaniel... He's done good. He's th- done good. I mean, Miami, when Tua has been starting, Miami's been the best team in football. Oh, no, no, he's been good. He's been good. But, like, like here's my thing, right? Like, I made, a, I made a noise, but I can't... I don't have a leg to stand on because you have him at, what, 9? Right? I don't... I'm not you saying have nine? that I have him at nine. First year head coach. I have Nick Sirianni at nine, so I, am I, don't, not, I don't have a leg to stand on. I'm here. not saying that they're one of the best teams in football. I'm not saying they're really, really good. I'm not saying, um, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a pretty good team with Tua. With Tua starting, the Miami Dolphins have been the best team in football. With Tua as the starting quarterback, this team is undefeated. No, yeah, with they're, Tua they're as a starting quarterback, the Miami Dolphins are a Super Bowl team. 
Okay. Okay. Mike nice. McDaniel is a. I the only reason he is nine and not higher on my list is because he's a first year head coach. That's that's like listen listen like I said earlier, I made a noise. But I have Nick Sirianni at nine, and the only reason he's not higher is because it is his first year. So I don't, I don't have a leg to stand on here. The rest it's of your Nick list. Nick Sirianni's second year. Oh, it is. I yeah. thought it was his first. Last year was his first. Oh, well, the more you know. The more uh, but I have Nick Sirianni at eight, and I would okay. like to say eight through ten. The only reason they are so low, uh, if you don't know, that's the Eagles head coach, the Dolphins head coach, and the Vikings head coach. The only reason they're so low is because they're all new. Sirianni's only been in that two years. Uh, McDaniel and O'Connell have only been at it for one year each. Yeah. And so I think both of them are really, really good and will move up. But right now, that's where they are. At number seven, I have John Harbaugh. And at number six, I have Pete Carroll. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'll give you my fifth, and then you give me your fifth. All right. Uh, my fifth. Have, I, I still can't get over Sean McDermott at seven. We're not going to get into it. Uh, I have Sean McVay at five. He's just so offensively creative and the things he does when he has a fully healthy team, which like this year you're kind of looking at it at this Rams team through a tent because they've been vastly underperforming and they're going to get worse. Cam Akers has disappeared. Stafford's out. Cup's out. Allen Robinson's out. It's, it's, it's a rough year. I... If, now, granted, if next year is the same, he falls tremendously. But I don't think it will be. But this isn't... So, my thing is, this isn't the first year this has happened. This is not the first year that this team has disappointed. And I, I, I think probably his first three years in the NFL, I would agree with you. But Sean McVay, as much as I love him, and as creative as he is on offense... There are two other phases to the game where I think he fails. Yeah. And because of that, I don't think he's in the top 10. And again, it's not just this year. Two years ago. If anything, when you look at the last five years of the Rams, the Super Bowl year was the anomaly, not this year. Because two years ago, they only won like seven games. Uh, The year before that, they only won like nine. I mean, this team, like this supposed offensive genius, head coaching genius, who again, I think is a great offensive mind. I... And, and really, I just think he hasn't done a well a good enough job at surrounding himself with defensive coaches. So it's not completely on him. I just like with the with looking at like the last four years as a whole, I I don't think McVeigh is is in the top ten. So especially let me let me say this: uh, when I'm looking at coaches, yeah, and I will admit that I'm spoiled because my team's coach is Mike Tomlin. I judge coaches based off how they handle adversity season to season. What I mean by that is this season, it's very clear that what they've been doing isn't working. Yeah. Uh, granted, they've had their hands tied behind their back a little bit and with so some of the injuries and lack of performance. What will he do next year? What will he do next yeah. year? I got you. What I mean, will I get he you. do the rest of the season now that he's lost Stafford, Cup, and Allen Robinson? Yeah. Might basically lost Cam Akers. Like, What's what is he gonna do to write the ship? Remember, uh, the Steelers lost Ben Roethlisberger and went eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Yeah, like that to me is the staple of a good coach. And honestly, if I'm if I'm being honest, if Sirianni, McDaniel, and O'Connell didn't have a combined six losses this year, I say McVay's not a top five. He probably would be in my top ten list. 
um, if they didn't wait, have a combined six losses all. Oh, wait, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. McVay? Yeah. No, he's not in my top ten. I thought you said he was like seven. Nah. Really? Yeah. Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh, Nick Sirianni, Mike McDaniel, and Kevin O'Connell are six wow. and ten. Okay. Well, who, who's your number five? My number five is Sean McDermott. I don't, I'm not mad at it. And I'm not mad really at it the at only all. reason he's not higher on this list is because he hasn't been able to get it done. He hasn't gone to the AFC Championship game. He hasn't been to the Super Bowl yet. He's he's knocking at the door. He is right there, but he hasn't been able to get it done. But they've been like the third best regular season team in all of football for the last like four years. He I, helped turn Josh Allen into a guy with 52% accuracy into one of the most accurate and probably a top two quarterback in the entire NFL. I think Sean McDermott has done wonders with the so, Buffalo Bills and has cemented himself as one of the best coaches. Let me tell you why I didn't put McDermott in my top five. Do it. His progression of Josh Allen is remarkable. It's incredible. Yeah. I would like to see a fraction of that progression done elsewhere with the offensive players they have drafted. Like, Dawson Knox is good. Dawson Knox is great. Outside of Dawson Knox and Josh Allen, maybe a hint of Gabe Davis. We're still not sure. Gabe Davis. We're ah. still not sure. He's had flashes. He had that four touchdown game in the playoffs. I was about to say he came out in the playoffs and he's he been did, really good this year. He's been he's been okay. He's been he's been he's been a very okay wide receiver too. I'm not saying he's bad. I definitely don't have his stats just off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he's been pretty good this year. I would I would just like there I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more development specifically at the running back position, a position that seems really hard to mess up. Isaiah McKinney has also not Isaiah McKinney, Isaiah McKenzie? Yeah. Has also, that's, yeah, Weston McKinney, U.S. Men's National Team. Sorry. <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie uh, has also looked really good in flashes and looks like he has the potential to be a really good player. And, I mean, Devin Singletary um, has had flashes. But, but we'd like to see those flashes not become, not stay flashes, become more baseline. Okay, so here's my argument. Okay. He's drafted players like Gabe Davis who have had flashes but not great. Isaiah McKenzie who have had flashes but not great. Devin okay. Singletary who's had, like, two total flashes, not great, and still had all the success he's had. It's still been one of the most dominant teams in the AFC over the last five years. Still been a team that every single season you have at least 25 pundits on the t- on TV uh, talking about how they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, right. they've so still me- established themselves as a dominant team, especially in the regular season, but even a lot of people still think in the postseason – without exceptional play from those other guys. Let me say this. To his credit, he has done an exceptional job about handling the progression of players they have drafted on the defensive side of the ball. You would just like there to be... like It feels like it's almost like 70-30 on the defensive side. You'd like that to be a little more even. Like I don't know, Ed, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White have developed fantastically. Jordan Poyer got tremendously better with his arrival. You would just like to see that more on the offensive side more as consistent not not necessarily as consistently because it's been super consistent on the defensive side but at least uh give me something on the offensive side you know so my last argument for sean mcdermott would be i would imagine number one on both of our lists is the same uh, and that's Bill Belichick. Maybe yeah. not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bill yeah. Belichick. There's not really much that needs to be said about Name that. me a running back that Bill Belichick has developed. Name me a wide receiver that Bill Belichick has developed. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. 
great, great postseason receivers. But what about the regular season? What about the other? The regular season. What about the majority sixteen games in the season? Brandon Cooks was not developed by. I mean, Brandon Cooks was developed by like five coaches in his first five years. Exactly. You want to talk about a weird career? Yeah. Brandon Cooks just bounced around. Yeah, but like that's Um, what I'm saying. Like that, like. Well, Garrett Blunt started in Tampa. Also, Garrett Blunt is not that Rex Burkhead. Not that guy. Uh, but anyway, so again, my argument for Sean McDermott, he's my number five. Who you got at number four? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll at four. See, man, I just think Pete Carroll's days are done. I, I think this season has been great for Pete Carroll. I think this season has been really good for the Seattle Seahawks. But I think that is in large part due to the resurgence of Geno Smith, the coming out of Kenneth Walker, the not-so-greatness that we thought would be really great of the NFC West. Like, I'd, I'd, looking at, like, look before Geno. Look at the last three years before Geno in Seattle. You can't blame it all on Russ. You can't put it all on Russ. Look at the dismantling of that team after this Legion of Boom era. Look at, like, since that Super Bowl where they peaked against Denver, they have not been the same team and like, it's been a revolving door of players. You can't put it all on a player. The only guy left to blame it on is Pete Carroll. I have Pete Carroll this highly because for the same reason that I mentioned with Sean Sean McVay, although this one is instead of let's see what happens, we saw what happens. The adversity that was handled going into the season, you lose your franchise quarterback, you lose your starting running back to a career-ending injury, uh, your team is projected to be comically bad, and you're coming out here fighting for the division championship. I mean, okay. So what was the adversity last season when they won like six games? Russell Wilson being a hoe. What was the adversity the year before that when they won like six games? Yes. That like he's well, they handled have... one thing well. What about the way he's handled the last five seasons in Seattle? I am not like I'm not gonna sit here and say Pete Carroll is a horrible coach. Like I I have him at number uh, six on my list, but like I do, don't think you can put him over certain guys because of like since the fall after that one Super Bowl, the fall since then has been steady, has been declining, and the it's gone up this year a little bit. They're still six and five, which is not a great record. Uh, six and six now actually, but it's been steadily going down and barely going up this season and the only guy you can blame that decline on is Pete Carroll. He's the only guy that's been consistent there with the exception of Russell Wilson and the entire team is not going to be bad because of Russell Wilson. And if you look at the statistics of Russell Wilson, his quarterback play is better than a five-win team. So let's look at Pete Carroll. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying I don't think he's that good anymore. I think every year he has moved steadily down this list and he's going to keep falling down, I think. I'm pulling up uh, Russell Wilson stats real quick. Do it. Uh, Russell Wilson this year has 2,300 yards. Not I'm not bad. talking about this year. I'm talking about when he was in Seattle. When he was in, was it last year that they won like four games? Or was it the year before that? I don't know. Uh, I, last hmm. year, they Russell Wilson started 14. I have Russell Wilson stats, so it's just a lot easier to look at his playing stats. In the 14 games he started, they went 6-8. and eight. 
uh, but go. but the the three years before. But look that, at his stats. That was his only losing record in Seattle. His stats last year were thirty one hundred yards, twenty five touchdowns, six interceptions. Those are Four, great stats. They are. That was great last year. Great stats. This year, his first year without Pete Carroll, though he has twenty three hundred yards, a fifty eight percent completion percentage. Eight touchdowns to five interceptions. That implies that the only reason he's good is because of Pete Carroll, and I don't think okay, that. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is even remotely the case? Why? How is it possible that Russell Wilson has regressed this hard? Like, like look at weapons. Okay, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Say what you will about that. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. I would say DK Metcalf is better than Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, but I would say that Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are better than Tyler Lockett. So you, I feel like they even out. You just pissed off a lot of people. Uh, well, they Tyler Lockett has some. Tyler Lockett fans, is good. Dude. I'm not saying he's bad, but yeah, so, no, no, no. But I get Jerry what you're saying, and I agree. Cortland with you. Sutton are really good. I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. I think Cortland Sutton's not as good as Tyler Lockett, but I I agree. I think the wide receiver rooms cancel each other out. Though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I don't this regression is is not because of Pete Carroll or lack thereof. This regression is because Russell Wilson's been terrible this year. He has. We've but I'm seen asking... this regression from a lot of people. We like we saw this regression from Peyton Manning with the exact same head coach. We, we didn't see it this bad though. We've seen this regression from like it's, it is bad. Uh, Peyton's here. We Peyton are, got benched for Brock Osweiler. Okay, we're twelve season. We're twelve weeks into the season, and Russell Wilson only has eight passing touchdowns. He finally, as of last night, it's a Monday right now. As of last night, he finally threw more touchdown passes than bathrooms he has in his house. Yeah, no, I mean, I listen. I get what you're saying. I just don't like. I definitely don't think you can throw Pete Carroll as the reason Russell Wilson was who Russell Wilson was. You, when I, when. I'm not saying that this is right. I'm telling you, this is how my brain is working when I'm thinking, when I was making this list. Pete Carroll, I have him raised up, like up in the middle for those who are, well, everyone's listening because we don't have video. Uh, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. Russell Wilson leaves Pete Carroll. His play regresses tremendously. Geno Smith gets to Pete Carroll. His play progresses tremendously. I just there's, don't. There's one linking the two of them. I, I disagree. I disagree on this particular stance. Um, Geno Smith has never been on a good offense. Geno Smith has never had these kind of weapons. Geno Smith has never played meaningful time in the NFL. Listen. So I would argue more that we did not know how good Geno was. Because when he was young and started a few games and started badly, he wasn't given a chance to be good. Like Peyton Manning was at the beginning of his career. He played he, His first season was terrible. But guess I... what? They gave him a chance. He became one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play football. And I'm not saying Geno like, should be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play football, whatever. I'm saying he was never given that chance. Russell Wilson was. Russell Wilson obviously beat out. And so I think... I would I would consider this more Russell Wilson is 50 years old and Geno Smith never had the chance that he should have been given. And so now that he finally has the chance, he's showing out. And now that this 38-year-old quarterback is in a different system with an offensive line that's not as good as we thought it was, he's still getting the crap beat out of him. His running back game does not exist is showing regression because he's old and his team is not as good as it should have been. 
I not because of Pete Carroll. I would argue that it is easier to believe that a quarterback who has struggled in his career because he did start to he did start his first two seasons. Granted, Kino did. Yeah. Like full seasons. Full seasons. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, he went eleven and eighteen. In those seasons, had 25 touchdowns to 34 interceptions. I would argue that it is more likely that a quarterback who has struggled to develop in his career and find consistent playing time when arriving to a historical coach, because say what you will about Pete Carroll, looking at his college and NFL runs, he is historically a really good coach. I find it more likely to believe that that coach helped propel that player as opposed to a player being in the league for nine years and no one knowing what he was until his ninth season. So I would also argue that we have never once seen a quarterback improve this much in his ninth season. And so what's more likely to me is that Geno Smith has sat behind some good quarterbacks and has learned a lot of stuff. And so now he's finally good. Yeah. Because, so, like, think about, like, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. Favre. Uh, yeah. And so he's learned how to be good at football and how to steal money from poor people. Uh, we've seen guys... Pew, pew, pew. Uh, we, we saw um, Alex... Not Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year. We've seen guys sit behind guys and learn stuff. And so Geno not having a great first two seasons, sat behind other guys and saw more, learned more from those offenses, and finally gets the chance. I just like, we've never seen a player in their ninth season that I can think of. I could be wrong. I was just wrong about Gino. Um, but I've never seen a player get significantly better because of the help of a coach in their ninth season in the NFL. By nine seasons in, we know who players are. Generally. Generally speaking, we do. Generally. And and coaching is not going to make that better. I think that this question, this placement, is ultimately going to be decided with the results of the next season or two. Like, are, like let me ask you this. If you're Pete Carroll, if you're Pete Carroll right now, uh, with how Geno Smith has played, because he's played phenomenally. I don't want. I want to make sure that everyone knows that I am not hating on Geno Smith. I love this for him. No, I get it. You're hating on Geno Smith. I personally hope for every player to make it ten years in the league because that's when they get the pension. Really? Yeah, ten years really? in the league. Yep. So you can play in this league, get the absolute crap beat out of you mm-hmm. for nine seasons, and then not get pension. Correct. You wow. have to you have to make it ten years. So I personally believe, I root for every player to make it ten years. I don't care who it is. Geno Smith, this is his ninth season. Going into the season, kind of unsure. Like you know, every job opportunity could be the last one. If Nathan Peterman is still on an NFL roster, kill him. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, yeah. So like I love this for him. But like, let me ask you this: If you're Pete Carroll, yeah, your team started out great kind of faltered recently you have some pieces emerging with this draft coming up do you look to bring in a new quarterback as a safety net or do you give Geno another go at it and use that pick those picks to shore up your team 
for Gino's improvement? Where, where, what do you do in that situation? I mean, so Pete Carroll did say he's too old and not interested in doing a rebuild. Right. So I don't necessarily think he's looking at a quarterback for right now, but that doesn't mean he's not looking at a quarterback for the future. That doesn't mean this team isn't going to still bring in a guy to maybe sit behind Gino for a year. So kind of like what Atlanta did? (laughs) Yeah. Where they brought in Mariota and drafted Ritter? Yeah. And we've seen, like, again, I also think Gino's playing great this year. So I don't want to, like, make it seem like I'm crapping on Gino. But um, he's not like done as well the last few weeks. Like when you like he's regressed significantly and he had to, right? Like it, right. what he was doing was unsustainable. But he's regressed a lot, so it's not crazy unlikely that he's going to continue to regress, especially considering, you know, uh no one thought he would be this good. Yeah, no. Everyone thought we knew who he everyone was. is surprised. Um so I I it wouldn't surprise me if they picked a young rookie, like if they had that high of a pick in the draft, but I don't think they're going to have that high of a pick in the draft. So I, I don't think they will. I think Seattle's issue this year has been defense. They've yeah. been able to yeah, yeah, score. Yeah. It's it's like it's like with the Lions. You're able to score. Yeah. You can't stop anyone else from scoring on you yeah. though. But again, man, I just like I don't think I think there are a lot of reasons you could give for why Russell Wilson is playing badly and why Geno Smith is playing well, and I don't think Pete Carroll is at the top of that list. Okay. I don't and again, like he's six on my list. You know like, what? I'm that's not, that's fair because like I'm not, if I'm making a inverse list, Nathaniel Hackett is very close to bottom. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm not sitting here saying that um, Pete Carroll's a bad coach. He's sixth on my list. I just like top four is a lot for me. Having him above Sean McDermott is nutty to me. I uh, gave. <clears throat> Pete Carroll the nod over McDermott because of his pedigree. But see, I'm like, I guess for me, when I'm making my list, I'm looking at like the most recent years. That Super Bowl was almost 10 years ago. Jeez, it really was, wasn't it? Yeah, like Pete Carroll's not coached as well. Like that was the peak. That was the peak. And it's been a steady decline ever since. But I mean, also like... It's hard. Like, we've kind of seen... Also, I, I said what I just said. Bill Belichick's my number one, so... <laughs> like, but, like... Like, it's, it's hard. Like, we've been spoiled in other leagues, though, yeah. seeing teams win two-peats, three-peats, yeah. making four in a row. Like, that's not normal. And in, yeah, the, no, in a league like the NFL, like, winning a Super Bowl, that will buy you five years of... At least, yeah. Of being just bad. Yeah. Like, let alone... Good but disappointing, yeah. you know. So who's your who's your number four? My number four. This is probably gonna make some people mad. Okay. Uh, my number four is Andy Reid. I have him at three. But and like let like I am not. I feel like we've made this out. Like this is a top ten. Like they're in the top ten. This yeah, is not yeah. like a bad thing. Like yeah, like, being Andy listed as four. a top five and anything yeah. is really good. But yeah. like and like. I'm going to say something. Do it. If Andy Reid did not have Patrick Mahomes, he would not be in my top ten. I don't agree with that. No, that's that's fair. I mean, you're not, you don't have to agree with um, that. I, because, like, he was the best team in the AFC West, made it all the way to the AFC Championship game with Alex Smith. 
No, no, no. The game before was the divisional round because they lost to the uh, Colts with that epic comeback from Andrew Luck. Let's go, baby. We I thought they to lost the, to the Titans when Mariota caught his own touchdown pass. Well, that was also with Alex Smith. I think so, yeah. But still, I mean, he's gone at least two rounds into the playoffs My... with Alex Smith at quarterback. And Alex Smith was a good quarterback. But, like, <coughs> excuse me. But, like, I still think Andy Reid's a really good coach from what he did with not great – like, he turned Jamal Williams into a phenomenal running back. He turned that offense into a really – like, like let's not forget what the Chiefs were before Andy Reid. Yeah. They were a bad team for 20 years before Andy Reid. No, they were. So, like, let's not discount that. And he came Plenty in – Plenty of careers were wasted in Kansas City before Andy yeah. Reid got there. Yeah. Larry Johnson. Market improvement from Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Alex Smith when he came into the league. I, or when he when he came to Kansas City. So, like, even still, even without the Super Bowl, Andy Reid would still be in my top ten uh, had he Alex Smith and still played consistently. Obviously, assuming he didn't have that gruesome leg injury. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't know, man. I, the, like, the only reason that I don't have Andy Reid as a top two coach is we've seen him coach these remarkable teams. And then... Full of talent. Yeah. Just contenders, favorites, whatever label you want to put on it. And then out of nowhere, they collapse harder than a collapse we've seen from the Rams this season. I mean, look at what happened with Philly when he was there. When they had prime Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens, Brian Westbrook. The wheels were running, were spinning so fast that they shot off. I will say, in Andy Reid's defense. Now, this is also my reason for him being at four. Like, the exact same reason. Uh, but in his defense with the Eagles, there were two seasons in particular that they were like Super Bowl favorites. And then one year, Donovan McNabb tore his ACL. And another year, a starting wide receiver and a starting running back went down with injuries right before the playoffs. Well, so I, the, the big, I will make that excuse for Andy Reid. The but, big reason, and I think, I think this falls on a head coach, personally. The big reason why that Eagles team fell apart was drama behind the scenes, specifically yeah. between McNabb and T.O. Yeah. When you're a head coach, it's it's is part partly your job to keep everyone happy, especially the big names. Like yeah. a lot of players hate on coaches. Mike Tomlin comes to mind for treating star players differently than role players. Well, star players are different than role players. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying you should be blatant about favoritism, but you should put more work into maintaining relationships with your team outside of just playing. Yeah, no, I agree. And, again, he's four on my list because of that. He has been arguably the one of the greatest regular season head coaches of all time for the last 20 years, right? Right. But when it comes to the playoffs, he's losing in the first round. He's doing this. He's doing that. A lot of drama we heard about in, in, in Philly. We've heard a lot about a lot of drama in um, Kansas City while he's been there, too. And I think when you look at that run that the, the Kansas City Chiefs went on uh, to win the Super Bowl a couple years ago, uh, they were down by double digits in every playoff game they played. They're the only team in NFL history to be down by double digits in every game in the playoffs and win all of them. Yeah. Um, and so... You can look at those games and at least two of those games in the AFC divisional game or in the AFC championship game and in the Super Bowl, uh, where you can point out some terrible play calling, some very, very poor decisions uh, on the offensive side of the ball, specifically from a play calling standpoint. And then Patrick Mahomes turning into Jesus himself 
and absolutely going beast mode and winning the games. And so I I put more of that Super Bowl on Patrick Mahomes than I do Andy Reid. Not to say Andy Reid had nothing to do with it, but like if I'm giving props, I'm giving 55% of it to Patrick Mahomes and 45% of it to Andy Reid, maybe even 60-40. And so because of that, I, I have him at, at four, uh, but I still think he is a, I mean, phenomenal head coach, uh, one of the best head coaches in football. Uh, and so, yeah, that that's where I'm at at four. Well, uh, my third is Andy Reid, who we just talked about. So you want to just go ahead and talk about my third? Yeah. All right. Uh, at number three for me, I have Mike Vrabel. This is what started the argument earlier. This is this is what um, started the argument. This is what started the argument earlier. I think I legitimately believe within the last three seasons, Mike Vrabel has probably been the best coach in football. That's high praise, dude. Within the last three seasons. So I'm not like I'm not saying he's the best coach in football right now. I still have two guys ahead of him. But just looking in a vacuum at the last three seasons, I think Mike Vrabel, including this season, so this season, last season, and then the 2020 season, I think Mike Vrabel has been the best coach in football. And for a lot of reasons. He has done, they have one incredible, all-time, world-beater, great football player on that team. 53 suited up every Sunday. They have one. And it's Derrick Henry. And yet, for the last three years, they've won the AFC South. For the last three years, they've made a playoff run. For the last three years, they have been one of the best teams in all of the AFC. And for the last three years, they have been competitive in every single football game they have played. With obviously one or two exceptions. That that is a fair point. And that is with one all-time great player with... An absurd. They had over ninety different players play NFL snaps on that team last year and finished with the number one seed in the AFC South. In the twenty twenty season, they went through the division leading Ravens and the uh, AFC leading Patriots, or I guess they were second in the AFC behind the Chiefs, on their way to the AFC divisional or AFC championship game where they barely lost and had a ten point lead at one point on Patrick Mahomes and the eventual Super Bowl winners. Okay. And then this season. They started off not great. Ryan Tannehill was playing horrible football. Derrick Henry was non-existent. And since then have won seven out of their last nine games, are firmly in first place in the AFC South, and are like the fourth best team, I think, right now in the AFC. Okay. So I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, I like Mike Vrabel. I don't think he's top three, though. And here's why. Yes, this, this team... I, I don't think anyone is pretending that the Titans are not a run-first team. They are. Yeah, absolutely. And it is unfair of me to say, take away Derrick Henry, what are you? But, take away Derrick Henry, what are you? Okay, this team is consistently bottom 10 in the league in passing offense, minus Tannehill's first year, where he came out of nowhere. Like, okay, Tannehill is kind of like a better Geno Smith. I disagree. I think Tannehill was really good in Miami. You know what? You're right. You're right. I I forget sometimes. I I'm a bit of a hater. 
for Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan That's Tannehill, important to acknowledge when you are. You know, Ryan Tannehill took arguably one of the worst teams in the NFL to the playoffs in okay. Miami. So like outside of him, they were dog water. But I already acknowledged that I was wrong. Okay. Uh, when it comes to Sorry. the rushing aspect of the game, Tennessee ranks very well. And what I mean by that is not just rushing offense, rushing defense. Yeah. They rank generally, rushing offense is generally top five, rushing defense is generally top 12. Their defense in general is really good, but specifically their the passing defense. defense is atrocious. Their passing offense is atrocious. These are these two aspects of the game, the Titans have ranked in the bottom 10 of the league the last four years. Okay, and yet, they've made it to the playoffs all those four years. Well, look at the division they're in. They've won the division all those four years. Look at the division they they're in. They went to the AFC Championship game and had the eventual Super Bowl winners okay. up and by the, 10. And the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. And they had a phenomenal year. And guess what? They're also one of the best teams in the AFC this year. Yeah, what I'm saying is teams make runs. You talk about not, that like it's a good argument listen, because the Bengals are bad. The Bengals not, are a phenomenal football team. I'm not team. saying Mike Vrabel is bad. I'm not. He's good. I like Mike Vrabel. I root for Mike Vrabel. I want Mike Vrabel to succeed. I don't. He's, but he keeps doing it. He's not going to succeed long term, though, if they if he doesn't figure out how to get the team's passing stats, both offensive or actually and or, or not and or, either passing or defenses that number better. He's gotta. There's got to be improvement at some point in those aspects because Derrick Henry's not going to be there all the time. But we saw what that team did without Derrick Henry last year. We saw a microcosm. And they were still... A mi- it, was eight, it was half the season. It was nine okay, games. Okay, but they knew he was coming back. I want... I, in nine games, they still won seven listen, of those games and were the number listen, one team in the listen, AFC. Listen, this is probably unfair of me to say, but I'm still going to say it. I will not be confident cementing my opinion on Mike Vrabel until I see what happens when Derrick Henry is not a possibility after Derrick Henry is gone. I know that's unfair to say. That is unfair. That's how that, but like I like I like when I was making these listings. I like I said I like Mike Vrabel. I wanted to list him higher. I listed him at 4. My stomach goes like, "Eh." I was like, "Okay, 5." Again. Eh. My just... gut does not have the faith in a Titans team led by Mike Vrabel where Derrick Henry is not a remote option. Here, Here's my thing. One, I think that argument is stupid. Because we That's saw fair. this team at a basically 500, a little above 500 record last season, mm-hmm. lose Derrick Henry. Okay. And with a competent Colts team, unlike this year, Bart breathing down their necks right there on them, they still finish it with 12 wins, nine games after Derrick Henry got injured. Still finish with 12 wins and as the number one seed in the entire okay. AFC. What did the Colts finish as last year? Nine and seven. I, like, okay, like that's not nothing, but, but I wouldn't say that's breathing down their necks. But up until, they lost the last two games. Up until the last two games, they were right there neck I'm, and neck. They lost the last two, and the Titans won the last two. I think there's a difference when you and these are two And these are two games that we should have won against both the Raiders and the Jags. Jags. So, I like, think, the, I think there's up a, until week 16, they were breathing down their necks because we were right there neck and neck. They won two, we lost two. I think there's a difference when you lose your star player and the swing of it when you already have a lead on the division race. But it wasn't much of a lead. When they did it, they were up by like one game. But a lead is a lead is a lead. 
No, it's not. Yes, it is. Especially a one game lead is not the same as a five game lead. Especially, and I mean no offense by this, especially when the person that you are one game up on, that franchise has a history of imploding the last five years. No, they don't. I mean, I mean, they don't. That's just not true. I mean, if you say so. When you say imploding, do you mean like by the end of the season? Yeah. Like, not like finishing out the season. Finished out great two years ago with uh, Philip Rivers, eleven and five. Finished out great three years, or not great, but we were bad. We didn't have a quarterback three years before that. We didn't implode. We were bad all season. I'm just saying. As far as teams breathing down your necks, last season, Colts are the Colts were good. I'm not saying they weren't. I'm, I'm just saying, saying that there are 16, more concerning in week 16, teams. We were nine and five, and they were ten and four. Yeah, and Carson Wentz didn't look good all season. JT did. Anyway, this is not the point. The point is, Mike Vrabel took the best player being injured and still became the best team in the AFC that year. No, yeah. And Mike Vrabel has taken, like, with what he has done with the Titans team that he has had the last five seasons, just wait until he has good players. Wait Listen, until he gets a competent quarterback. Wait I, until he gets a number one wide receiver. Wait. And, like, tell me if they improve their corners, if they improve their offensive line, if they improve their wide receivers, Mike Vrabel's going to win seven Super Bowls in a row. I hope I am wrong. I genuinely do. I don't think I am, though. I don't know, man. I, I love Mike Vrabel, and I... I will say this. I think he might be a little high on my list simply because like, he's only been a head coach for five years. And, and he, is, years? he is reigning coach of the year. Is it four years? Is this five. His, is this his fifth? I believe so. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he's been a head coach for four and a half years. And he hasn't, say, he hasn't won his, a Super Bowl. I will say to his credit, real quick, his winning percentage is remarkable. Yeah. He is 48 and 28. Yeah. That is a really great I, record. I just think... In the last three seasons, he has legitimately been the best coach in football. And so I don't, like, while three might be a little high, I really can only put him below the two guys that I have him below, considering what he has done in the last three seasons. As in this season, last season, season four. Let me tell you what I would like to see before I confidently rank him this high. Well, I mean, you already said you wanted to see what he would do without Derrick Henry, and we've seen it. But, like, with Derrick Henry, I would like to see a tremendous improvement at pa- with the passing defense. Because in terms of yards, the last three seasons, they have ranked going from season, three seasons ago, two seasons ago, this season, right? Or whatever. You, you get what I'm yeah. saying. In uh, yards, 29th, 25th, 30th. Touchdowns, 31st, 7, 28. Like, the 7 is great. The seven is great. If we can hover around that, if that isn't the outlier, that's fantastic. I would like to see not bottom six teams in the league in those ranks, though. I don't know, man. I just, I love Mike Vrabel. I think their GM is incompetent. And I think if they knew how to draft better, this team would be a great team. And that's, I think, and I mean, they're already a great team. I think they would be, a top three team in the league if their GM knew how to draft. And again, I think that's on their GM, not on Mike Vrabel. I think with what that idiot has given him, he has done the best he's could do 
he has been able to do, and that has been a top four team in the AFC for three consecutive years. No, that's fair. That's fair. But. Listen, we've spent enough time on three. Yes. We both know number one's the same. I'm fairly certain number two is the same. Nathaniel Mike Hackett. Uh, what are you? No, you're, it's Mike you're Tomlin. You're getting a rise out of me. <laughs> it's Mike you're Tomlin. You're getting a rise out of me. Um, it is Mike Tomlin. So, yeah, since our one and twos are the same, uh, what is there to say? Honestly, they've said everything that we can yeah. say with their performance. I mean, development-wise, has been incredible. They're runs when they face adversary they've been exceptional there's not there's nothing really to say the only reason that it's one two is mike tomlin hasn't won five super bowls adversary bill belichick has also not won five super bowls he's won six oh i was about to say um but yeah dude i mean mike tomlin has never never he's been this is what his 16th season yes never once had a losing season Uh, he's about to and that is with uh 16 games of like you said duck hodges and mason rudolph a guy who knows how to call ducks and a guy who knows how to piss off Browns. Hey, national like, duck calling champion, like, Duck Hodges. I mean, that in itself his should have given him coach of the year that year. His first name is actually Devlin. Yeah. I feel like some, I got like for a second there. I was Do people like, think his name is actually Duck? For a second there, I forgot his name was oh, Devlin. <laughs> but listen, um, uh, this conversation got a little out of hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little uh, bit. A little. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to hit games or fantasy trends. I agree. I agree. But I will. I do think we should go ahead and say, um, oh, first of all, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. Bill Belichick won six Super Bowls, still dominant with, like, who does Bill have? Who Bailey is on that roster? Absolutely no one. And he's still, like, really, really good, currently in yep. the playoff spot. Anyway, those are our top two. Not much debate there. But I do want to go ahead and just – Name, not even say anything. The trending up and trending down. In case okay. anyone wants to throw out uh, or add some folks to their their teams, I can get behind that. Trending up, I have Samaj P. Ryan, Rashad White, and Isaiah Pacheco, all running backs. Um, all played pretty well the last few weeks. Couple all, names we've heard multiple times. Yeah, all have recently found their names as starters. Um, so that's my trending up. Okay, uh, so my trending up, I only have something to say on one. What? Uh, Mike White. Yep. Jordan Love, yeah. Van Jefferson. Yeah. Van Jefferson, if you can add him, smack as much as you can down on getting him. This offense has lost Cooper Cup for the season. They've lost Allen Robinson for the season. Van Jefferson is the guy to go to. Allison, Allison, Allen Allen Robinson wow. has season-ending surgery scheduled this week. Wow. Um, all right, my turning down, I'm going to say something about one of them. I have Juwan Johnson, tight end out of – uh, New Orleans, really good year to start. Bad last couple games. Uh, Josh Palmer, a couple weeks ago, you saw Cam Akers, be, or not Cam Akers. Um, Eckler? Austin Eckler be like, add this guy, add this guy. So everyone did. They're all dropping him now. <laughs> uh, and then Cam Akers. Uh, it looked like a horrible start. And then L.A. was like, we're going to stick with him. And so a lot of people added them. His last six games, he only has one game with more than 37 yards. He has no touchdowns, and he's averaging 2.9 yards per carry in his last six games. So that's my trending down. Uh, I just have a blanket statement for my three trending down. All these players are out for the rest of the fantasy season. So unless yeah. you're in a dynasty league, drop them. Drop them. Uh, Allen Robinson, as we just said, Darnell Mooney, and Elijah Mitchell. So there's your three up, three down. Or technically six up, six down. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. We did not. We mean didn't mean to go that hard to, that long. To be that it just in happened. Depth. But that well, was, that a was like a, that was like a fifty minute conversation yeah, about that, really about five coaches. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. We are so grateful for you. you know thankful what? for really you. quick. Yeah. If you guys prefer this type of content. I mean, tell us. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of fun for yeah. us anyway. I mean, we, we can do the game recaps. We can stay the same. But if this is the direction that you guys prefer, please tell us and we will accommodate. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm like you. I had a lot of fun with that conversation. Uh, did not expect it to go where did it did. Did not expect that um, at all. But yeah, no. Uh, if that's what you want to hear, let us know. Otherwise, I have no earthly idea what it is you're doing. I have no earthly idea where it is you're going. I don't know what kind of calamari you like. Uh, any is the wrong choice. I agree completely. But listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here so we don't get fined.